Welcome to Ask a Broker. This is where we take your questions that you're struggling with in your mortgage biz, whether it's marketing, sales, whatever it is, and we find a expert and we go on and we dialogue and talk about it. Today on the show, I have Dustin Woodhouse of OurMortgageExpert.com. He's the author of BA The Better Broker, probably the most important book you can pick up if you're looking at getting into the mortgage business. And we have a question from Alex McFadden of Mortgage Pug, and it's about subject-free and multiple offers. And there's some markets right now in Canada where it's absolute madness. And so Dustin and I dive into how do you mitigate risk for yourself as well as for your client. It's fantastic stuff that he shares with us. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that has built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling your application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them refine their platform, and I can tell you it looks totally awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at Lendesk.com to stay in the loop. That's L-E-N-D-E-S-K.com. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Dustin, how's it going today? Not too bad, man. How are you? Awesome. So today we have a question from Alex McFadden of MortgagePug.ca, and I'm just going to tee up that question, and then Dustin and I are going to come back and discuss it. Hey, what's going on? This is Alex McFadden from the MortgagePug.ca, and my question for all the experts out there is, what kind of strategies are you using in this insanely hot Vancouver market here? Uh, to go subject free. What are you telling your clients and how are you protecting yourself? Thanks so much. So what's your thoughts, uh, Dustin? I know that your market's a little bit busier than mine. You're down in Vancouver. I'm in Kelowna. I'm seeing multiple offers. I'm not seeing a lot of properties go like significantly over risk or ask my borrowers are not asking for subject free. So tell, let's talk about that first because I know that you're dealing with this on a daily basis. And to me, it feels like Russian roulette in that we're just waiting for one of them to kind of blow up if something goes sideways. So what's your, what's your, what is your recommendation for your clients and the brokers? Well, I mean, well, first off, let's, let's say, uh, let's clarify too, that it's actually not just a Vancouver lower mainland phenomenon. I was um, back East in Toronto last week speaking with a few brokers and I was kind of surprised to learn how many subject free multiple offer situations they're dealing with as well. Right. That's right. So, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm West coast leaning, but uh, we love our peeps out in the East, east as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as I say, it's not, uh, not a phenomenon exclusive to the West coast. So I, I think that the, um, you know, the first most dreaded question, every broker, uh, you know, fears is that opening, what's your best rate, uh, starting point. And, uh, you know, you can work past that, but the, the second uh, most dreaded comment that comes these days, or, or maybe the first at this point, maybe it's the new most dreaded comment, is I want to go subject free, can I? And I answer that question the exact same way with every single client, no matter how well qualified, no matter who they are. And I tell them, to be clear, I will never, ever send you an email or speak the words to you in person or on the phone that you are 100% okay to go subject free because it is impossible for me to tell you that it is impossible for any broker or banker to tell you that you can absolutely go subject free without a worry unless that individual is actually loaning you the money themselves and doesn't care what they're lending it to you on or for. So, I, you know, as I say, I really, really like to be crystal clear. It's about setting the expectation. 
Exactly. And that usually flusters people a little bit. They're like, well, but, you know, I'm coming to you for this pre-approval. And of course, the majority of us in the business know that a pre-approval is little more than a glorified rate hold. Um, there's very few lenders left that are actually underwriting a pre-approval. And really, we did that to ourselves. I mean, we, if you look at the stats, if you've been in the business long enough and you go back and you look at how many pre-approvals you locked down at XYZ lender versus how many of those pre-approvals actually went live with that lender, the industry stats were around 5%. So the lenders looked at this and they said, you know, we've got X number of people underwriting these files, 95% of which never come back to us. So it's not worth it ultimately. No, no. Now, depending on your relationship with uh, the various underwriters that you work with regularly, you may be able to get their eyeballs on a file and at least get some degree of comfort from them. And depending on how many files you've underwritten yourself, you don't really even need an underwriter's eyeballs necessarily, although it's always good to have a, a second person looking at the file. But, you know, you know how to read a credit report. You know how to look at income documents. And so that's another thing I stress with the clients. You need to get me every last document on the list up front before you're writing an offer, right down to the void check and the ID. I mean, every last piece that can throw you a curveball at you, you want to have, you know, are, are all the taxes paid? Does the year to date on their pay stub match up with the T4 last year? And yeah, I'm asking for T4s now on every file. I'm asking for the December 31st, 2015 pay stub and T4. And if they file the taxes, I want the NOA and I want to see that ta taxes have been paid as well. And, you know, so you're really kind of going the extra mile because you want to be able to say to the client, okay, your income is good, your credit is good, your down payment history is good. I mean, that's another one, of course. You know, is the down payment gifted? Is it been moved around through six different accounts in two different countries? You know, you want to make sure you have every, you know, possible wrinkle ironed out in advance on the client side of the equation. But even then, you have to make it clear to the client that it isn't just about them, it's about the property. So, you know, I have said to clients, this is 99.9% .9 going to be fine. And I've said that after reviewing all of their documents and after the next step, which is, you know, typically what we're seeing in our market, an open house Saturday, Sunday, Offers being received either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, in some cases, at 6 p.m. So you've got time for the clients to do the home inspection. You've got time to do an appraisal up front if you think that's going to be an issue. Um, amazingly, in this market, we really haven't had problems with appraised values coming in on track. I say amazingly because of how fast it's rising, but I guess it's not that amazing because as fast as it's rising, there's also significant volume. So there's lots of comparables mm -hmm. for that appraiser to get their hands on. Uh, so we haven't had problems on the appraisal front. So that's usually a little lower on my list of worries. The number one document that I want to see up front is the property disclosure statement. Or in the case of Estrada, the Form B as well. Because you want to make sure 
you know, and interestingly, so three, four weeks ago, I had a conversation with two clients and the realtor on a joint call. We spent, you know, a good 45 minutes covering all these bases. They were going to go in subject free. And I said, whatever you do, ensure that the property disclosure statement is crystal clear and nice and clean, mm-hmm. meaning, meaning it does not have the words vermiculite, asbestos, water, leak, knob and tube, no aluminum, words. poly B, you know, pr- remediated grow up, like nothing. It needs to be perfection. And oh, yeah, yeah, we understand. No problem. And then that realtor hopped on a plane and went away and one of his team filled in. And the clients got so excited about the house and everything they were going to do with it. And, uh, you know, related family member is a contractor. He's going to fix up the things that need fixing up. So, you know, it's a fixer-upper. That's already got you a little more nervous as a broker. Mm -hmm. And we get handed a property disclosure statement. And lo and behold, what is written at the bottom? Basement fills with water when it rains. Subject free. So how have you solved that yet? There is virtually no lender that would lend on that property. I mean, not even a private lender because, I mean, especially a private lender, right? I mean, they're all about the property Mm -hmm. less than the client. Um, I shot that PDS around to about a dozen different lenders. Nobody wanted to touch it without a full inspection. And the problem was that the full inspection was going to reveal a number of other issues that then were you know, I was then informed of (laughs) with this property. So luckily it's Vancouver, you know, where we're based. And luckily, again, related family members lived in a Vancouver home worth several, several million dollars, setting up a line of credit against that home to pay cash for this one, save the day. But that's the kind of thing. Not everybody has that, that sort of fallback though. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, that they got very, very lucky that that situation uh, played out as it did. But like I say, here I am doing everything I can, going over every detail with the clients. You know, and I've written a blog post to this effect, and I'd forwarded that to them, and they had read it in detail. And yet, when the rubber hit the road or the pen hit the paper on the contract... They signed off. So, you know, this is the thing. Even when you're telling people not to do this, they're still doing it. Right. Is there anything you're doing differently now since that sort of scenario that you're, are you trying to get the PDS before they go to the open house or what, what's your? I had, I had asked for it in that case. It just didn't ever get sent to me. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so yeah, as I say, I mean, I tell clients, you know, you need to get that property disclosure statement in front of me so that I can review it. But again, even after we've gone all this distance, so we've gotten every single client-related document, everything is perfect. We've pulled the credit bureau, it's perfect. Down payment history, perfect. You've got the property disclosure statement in your hands, it's perfect. You still don't want to ever, ever say, yes, you can go subject-free. You still want to leave that element of doubt, that element of risk in the buyer's mind. It is not our job to remove that doubt or that element of risk. It is impossible for us to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lender recently announced that um, any price adjustments of $1,000 or more, uh, they want to see a complete home inspection on the property. 
And I had one of those earlier this year where it was, uh, it was the home inspection request was triggered because the property was a self-built. Well, the clients hadn't even ordered a home inspection because they were so entranced with the quality of the home and the nature of the seller and him being the builder. So they had to actually order a home inspection, which rubbed the seller the wrong way. And, um, and luckily that home inspection didn't show anything, but I mean, that's the nature of mortgage brokering, right? I mean, I was saying to the clients, you know, I think at that point it was 1,250 mortgages in. This is the first time ever a lender has asked for a home inspection. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's kind of the, the running joke in this business, right? It's like, well, how many mortgages have you processed? Well, only 1,000. You know, or talk to somebody who's been in the business longer. Well, only 5,000. What do you mean only 5,000? Well, that's not enough to have seen everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like never-ending surprises. It's like a lot of our job now is in risk management and obviously outlining, like you're doing a very good job of outlining the risks for the borrower and not taking on that risk ourselves. Like it's not our, like you'd say, it's not our job to say, yeah, okay, you're good to go. And when we don't know, because until you have everything done, it could, something can hit you at the last minute, right? I'd heard of someone who thought they had everything done and then they pulled a transunion and there was something on the transunion that they, this was an insured mortgage that the lenders didn't like, but it, there was obviously no way for them to know that until, because we just pull Equifax. That's right. That's right. I believe that was an undisclosed car loan, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw that same comment. post on the Facebook group. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, is that we have to do everything we can to mitigate, uh, to help them understand the risk, knowing that people are people and they're going to be emotional like these, you know, they're going to be excited and they're going to skip a step and then uh, but I think like you do a very good job of is make sure that your process is the same every time so that you know that you've had that conversation, that you've sent them that blog post, that you've, you know, that it's, it's, it's so that there's no, it's not like you're going to be, you're not taking the the ultimate risk on that. Well, and on, on that note, um, and really to the heart of Alex's question, you know, it isn't, it isn't even quite so much, what are you doing to protect your clients? I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's all about protecting the clients, of course. But in this situation, you've also got a CYA. You know, you've got to protect yourself a little bit, uh, is what I'm starting to realize. Uh, I mean, I'm lucky enough that I, I am pretty obsessive with emails, you know, because they're easily tracked and easily stored and you can easily pull them up. And I do literally type more or less the same email to every client when they're talking about going subject free. Even if it's a verbal conversation, I will type the email and ask for a response where I say to them, I am absolutely not telling you it is acceptable to go subject free. At no point am I telling you, you can write a subject free offer without a worry. You cannot write a subject free offer without a worry. You know, uh, something to that effect, please reply. So I at least have this email. But I'm actually just, just a conversation I had with um, the broker a couple of days ago uh, has triggered a, a little note to self here. And I'm going to, f- I'm going to feel it out this week. I'm actually contemplating actually having a formal indemnification agreement drawn up, something a little more realistic. And, and I'm even contemplating going a step further and asking clients get it notarized. And send it back to me and really just a simple sentence or two saying exactly that mm-hmm. at no point has you know dustin woodhouse or fill in your name here 
advised us that we are safe, you know, 100% guaranteed financing. We understand we are not in any case guaranteed 100% financing. And, uh, and I think, you know, having something like that in hand, there is absolutely going to be a broker and a realtor who are going to wish they had something like that in writing. Guaranteed. You know, I talked to a broker out east and he had told me that there was one file that went sideways and that they tracked it back and it was actually 16 different uh, individuals that would have been affected. So one person's obviously, you know, they're buying a place or selling a place, but then they're buying a place and then that person's selling and they're buying a place. And so the chain reaction of one of these going wrong is significant. It's not just, it's rarely going to be just the one deal. There's going to be multiple people and parties that are going to be affected. Um, and you, even your deal could be affected by it from, you know, inadvertently, like as a, a collateral damage of someone else's deal, right? So I think that we as brokers need to take some extra steps right now just to protect our clients and, and obviously, like you say, CYA so that we're in a better, uh, just so we're doing the right thing by the client. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, by the, by the time you get into the last week of the month, there are closing dates in that final few days of the month where no doubt there are easily six, eight, ten moving vans loaded and people are walking out their door expecting to drive to the next property and move in. And, uh, and they are all contingent on each other. So even if, you know, your client isn't suing, you're still going to wind up potentially with, you know, five, six, seven other people who are looking for somebody to sue. And when, when lawsuits actually happen, which, you know, thankfully in our business is not that often, um, but when they do, everybody gets named, mm -hmm. you know, everybody and anybody who touched that file, who had anything remotely to do with the situation. The garbage man who serviced the house gets named. They basically, it's like throw, it's like a shotgun approach and see who's going to be held liable. Yeah, big time. Big time. So like I say, that's where I stress having communication and writing to the effect that you're not saying you're good to go. You know, I mean, those are the most dangerous words right now that you could ever type to a client. You're good to go. No, you're not good to go. <laughs> and, okay, just out of curiosity. So when, at what point in your process would you tell your client that the financing is 100% complete? So let's assume, okay, they put in their offer. Uh, it's subject for you. Get everything underwritten, including appraisal, everything signed off. So do you, at that point, would you tell them or what's your sort of... Well, yeah, I mean, from day one with a client, I, I let them know that the email they're looking for from me, and it will be an email, is uh, one where in the title it says file complete, and in the body it'll explain that all conditions are met, everything is done, the instructions have been released, they're on the way to the lawyer. And, you know, in the good old days, uh, you know, before this uh, multiple offer stuff started up last spring, my goal was to send that email the day of subject removal. So I literally wanted to see the lender send me an email that said file complete before I would send my client the same email saying file complete. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm never going to tell a client their file is complete if the lender hasn't already advised me in writing. Again, I don't take the underwriter's word if I'm on a phone call and they say, oh yeah, this one's wrapped. As much as I want to let the client know right away, I hold back. I wait until I actually see it in writing because every now and then they come up with some other condition to throw in the mix. So, you know, if you've got file complete in writing from your lender, then you at that point and only at that point can say the same thing to your client and not a minute before. 
Right. I found too that what we do in our market, we're getting multiple offers, not quite so high. So we do this, we do a lot of work up front, ask for everything, review the credit. And, and essentially it's like, we're asked for everything but a blood sample. You know, we're going to do a paternity test, a DNA test. And we're like, okay, yep. Looks like, but, it, and we will tell people it's still subject to the property. Cause I've had this happen to me once before it was a few years ago, but I had a client who was told by their realtor that they should go in subject free because it looks stronger. And unfortunately the house had a crack foundation is leaning to the side. And then when they went into the, their bank to get approved, the bank said, we can't lend you money on that. We like you, but that property is garbage. And so in the end we got it sorted for them, but it was extremely stressful. So I will only tell people you can write a subject free. You can say no conditions. If you can write a check for the entire purchase price and you don't have to ask anybody for the money. So you don't have to ask a bank or go in and get a line of credit. Then you could write it, you know, then you're, you're fine if you can write a check for it. Otherwise you need to put in some subjects. Yeah. Well, and and ironically enough, I mean, about the only property that you could truly feel, and I'm still not going to say 100%, but I'll say 99.999% comfortable going subject free on is a pre-sale because it's not even built. It's brand Mm -hmm. new. And and I say ironically, because in BC, there's a seven day rescission clause in all brand new sales. Right. So, (laughs) you know, so there is this rescission clause built into those contracts anyway. And uh, and those are the only ones that really you could. okay, hey, you know what? You're rock solid. Everything's good. I've got all your documents. I've pulled your credit and there is no property to inspect or appraise or to have a crack foundation. But, you know, the the slightly uh, older stratas, you know, just uh, the last few years, you'd think those would be safe, but a lot of them aren't. I mean, there's a building downtown in Vancouver right now that's having uh, two sides. It's a tower and two sides. They're having all of the windows replaced. It's like a six and a half million dollar job. It's in the middle of being done and the strata is suing the developer. So you've got lawsuits, you've got a major, you know, bit of work underway in the building. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was built in like 2012 or 2013. So, you know, even a, a new strata, you have to be a little concerned about, um, you know, and the depreciation report issue is, is ongoing. So first off, has the depreciation report been voted down? Well, why is that? And then the lender will usually dig a little deeper in the minutes. Um, if it's underway, but it's not complete yet. So depreciation report is being prepared. A lot of lenders will say, well, no, until it's done, we're not going to lend on this property. And then when it is complete, is the capital uh, replacement fund fully funded? Or is there a pending special assessment to address that? So, you know, that, that depreciation report issue is a, a big, big deal. And, uh, and of course, the biggest red flag in Stratas is, uh, you know, oh, it's a 1974 Strata and it's only got $110 a month Strata fees. You know, that's a huge red flag. Yeah. We're, what, how are they going to run it on not that much money? Yeah. Like, you know, that's an unfunded capital replacement fund and uh, you almost know for sure, for certain a depreciation report is not being completed. And, uh, and there's almost certainly a lot of work that has been put off. And, uh, and yet, I've had clients go subject free on properties like that as well. And, uh, you know, we're the voice on the end of the phone. And I like to think that we, the brokers, are the voice of reason. And we're trying to caution our clients. But, you know, again, ultimately, they're out there on a sunny Saturday afternoon. There's a frenzy of 80 other people looking at the property. 
and they get caught up in the moment and away they go. And I mean, my wife and I just walked through a home in North Vancouver yesterday and took a little uh, tour through it and, and we're contemplating uh, maybe making an investment uh, in it. But it was built in 1915. Oh, wow. You know, so... Are there remnants of the old wiring in the walls? Is there asbestos that might be, you know, hanging, clinging to a pipe exposed in the unfinished basement? Uh, potentially. I mean, there's a, there's a, a hundred things that could be, you know, issues with that property. And I was thinking to myself, like, somebody's writing subject free on this thing on Wednesday night. Somebody. And, uh, yeah, it's it as I say, it is a pretty wild market. You know, going subject free on a hundred year old house just doesn't seem like a great idea to me. No. Well, hey man, I really appreciate your time with this question. Hopefully Alex this will answer your question and anyone else that's listening. You can uh where can people find you online, Dustin? Uh be the dot com. And if you have a question that you'd like to ask and uh, go to askabroker.ca. Uh, record your question and if we answer it on the show we'll send you a ilmb t-shirt it's rocking your mortgage biz you're going to love this shirt dustin i really appreciate your time man and i hope you continue to crush it hey i really appreciate it and scott could i put one footnote in sure i get asked a question uh, periodically as well and it's 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 when when is volume two going to be complete and i am a little bit behind on it uh, but at this point in time a uh, few more hardcore weekends of writing I'm hoping to have it edited, done, and published no later than the end of June. Okay, cool. Well, when it does, we'll we'll jump on a call together and and definitely uh, talk about the new book and how people can get it. Sounds good, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.